if you had to take a guess on what Jesus preached the most about, what would it be? What do you think Jesus preached the most about? Yeah, okay, that is right. Kingdom, anything else? Any other topic? Any, any, anything else that he spoke about? You know, one of the things that Jesus spoke a lot and which we don't speak at all in the church, that's your clue. Money. Money. Do you know why church do, does not talk a lot about money? Because in the past, there has been a lot of bad experiences with money, right? There have been people in the body of Christ that has abused the... abused generosity, has manip have manipulated people, and because of which, the body of Christ is very sensitive to talk about money, right? So, the thing is, the moment we talk about money from the pulpit, people's mind is like closed. You know, it's like door shut. I don't want to listen to this. He's out there to get my money. Right? But do you know that Jesus spoke so much about money? Look at all his parables. Most of his parables are about money. Isn't that crazy? Have you ever thought about it? He spoke so much about money with so much boldness. And he spoke to those people who, who had a great affinity for money, who, who were attracted to wealth, meaning who, who were slaves of money, who had the love for money. And Jesus spoke so much about money. He spoke so much about wealth. Can I say like this? God does not have a problem in you having... I'm going to say it. <laughs> God does not have a problem in you having money. See, one amen. God bless you. God does not have a problem in you having money. But God has a problem when money has you. There's a difference between that. See, we, somewhere, somewhere we have been taught, we have been programmed in our head that the volume of money is the reason for all corruption. The volume of money is the root of all evil. So if you have more money, you're going to become corrupt. Right? If you have more money, you're going to be evil. That's what has been fed in our head. But do you know the Bible says, Abraham was rich in gold and silver and livestock. And yet, he was called the friend of God. Job had, I forgot the exact numbers. Let me, let me tell you the exact numbers. Job had 14,000 sheep. 14,000. Can you, can you just imagine, just take a moment just to imagine 14,000 sheep. Imagine the kind of place that he had to hold those sheep and the kind of shepherds that he needed to take care of them. 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 oxen, 1,000 donkeys, yet God called him righteous. Interesting, right? No? David. David, do you know how much money he had to donate for the building of the temple? A lot of gold, a lot of silver. In, in today's time, it's worth more than billion dollars. David had so much money that he gave towards the temple 
and God called him a man after my own heart. Right? But then you see Judas who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. What I'm trying to say you, tell you is, what I'm trying to tell you is, it's not the volume of money that is the root of evil. It is the love of money that is the root of evil. It's the love of money. You know, that's why Paul says in 1 Timothy 6 verse 10, he says, the love of money, don't you know that the love of money is the root of all evil? And we think that only the rich people have the love of money. How many of you are faithful in your tithe? <laughs> you don't have to be rich or poor. Anybody can have the love of money. And if you have the love of money, that is evil. Right? Turn with me. I want to show you a verse. Luke chapter 16, verse 10 to 13. One who is faithful. Luke 16, verse 10 to 13. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. This is talking, the context is money. Okay, the context is money. Jesus is saying that if you can't give tithe when you have your salary of 1,000 rupees, you will never be able to give tithe when your salary becomes 1 lakh. If you can't give an offering right now, Okay, thinking that I'll give and I have an overflow of abundance, you'll never be able to give. One who is faithful in little will also be faithful in much. One who is dishonest in little will also be dishonest in much. Ask me, it is difficult to give as the Lord keeps blessing you. It's more difficult. So if you haven't made a habit of being faithful in our money in the little that we have, we will not be faithful when the Lord blesses us. And sometimes the Lord in His grace does not bless us more because He knows that the increase might reveal the corruption that is already there. Are you hearing this? I don't know why people don't like me so much these days. <laughs> if then you have not been faithful, look at this, He says, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, then who will entrust to you the true riches? This money that you have, right? Jesus is saying this is unrighteous wealth, meaning this is not true riches. How many of you want true riches of heaven? You want true riches of heaven, but you will not get access to it if you are not faithful in this unrighteous wealth. Crazy, right? Like, you can sing songs, open the floodgates of heaven, oh Lord, open the floodgates. You can sing songs, you can keep singing songs all that you, how much ever you want, right? You can cry your lungs out. But do you know the Bible says, I will open the floodgates of heaven when? When you bring your full tithes to the house of the Lord. We don't read our Bible. That's why God says, you know, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. And we're still crying out, worshipping. You can sing... As, you can strum as many E minors you want there. But floodgates of heaven will open when you are faithful in returning your tithes. So what does God say? 
What does Jesus say? He says, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? And then he says, no servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Isn't that interesting? He does not say, you cannot serve God and the devil. The comparison is not between God and the devil. He says, you cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. Either you serve God or you serve money. Either you make God as your God, you worship Him, or you make money as your God and you worship Him. That is the truth. This is also spiritual warfare. I'm telling you, this is spiritual warfare. You know why? Because one of the bait that the devil uses in the body of Christ is the love of money. You don't need to have a lot of money to have love of money. Anybody can fall into the temptation of having the love of money. And the devil keeps, use, keeps using money as bait to draw our attention, to distract us into the love of money. He uses your lack. Let me tell you, he uses your lack. He uses your lack and he uses your greed to distract you. Devil does not care about money. Do you know that? Devil does not care about money. The spiritual world does not care about money as much as we care about money. But he'll use your money, he'll use money to distract you from the purposes and the kingdom of God. He'll distract you. So he'll put you in lack, right? You'll have nothing. It will drive you to a place where you want to do something to get money. Isn't that true? Or when you have something and you want to increase more, what, what do you do? You spend your time, you spend your energy in getting that. That's why look, look at the world. How do you make money? You hustle. You work hard. You, work, you keep working hard. So if four hours got me this much money, if I have to double the money, I need to work eight hours. Do you know what he's doing? He's stealing your time. He's stealing your energy. The time and energy that you can use to invest in the kingdom of God, he's stealing that because he knows if you seek God's kingdom, all these things will be automatically added into you. So he'll put your focus, he'll put, put this as bait. Hey, hey, Jared, you don't have iPhone 15. It has not even come in the market. But he's already worried about it. So what, what does Jaden think? Oh, I need to go to Dubai and probably work more, 16 hours. What happens? He loses out on the time that he can spend with God. He loses out on the time that he can spend with fellowshipping with people. He loses out on the time that he can actually invest in his life and be a blessing. Do you see how the devil uses money to bait us? Well, you don't have enough. You don't have enough. He doesn't care about money. That's why Jesus said, what profits a man if he gains the whole world but he loses his own soul? Devil is not after your money. Devil is after your soul. And God is also after your soul. And that's why John says, beloved, I pray that you will prosper. You will be successful as your soul 
prospers. The problem is when we do not, when we run after money, okay, the problem is when we run after money, we are losing our soul. How are we losing our soul? Because most of the time is there. We are striving, striving, striving. I'm not saying work. Work is not a curse, okay? Please understand this. Work is a blessing from God. Purpose is a blessing from God because even before the curse happened, God gave Adam a purpose to tend the garden. So work is a blessing. But the curse is by your brow, by the sweat of your brow, you shall eat. That's the curse. The curse is by your striving. You need to, you, we think that I need to strive to earn. I need to do something to earn. That's why Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 says, hey, look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. They neither sow, they neither eat, but yet the heavenly father feeds them and clothes them. The devil will tell you, you don't have enough and for your need, you need to strive. But the kingdom of God says, you don't work for your needs, you work for being a blessing. You should all have a job. You should all have a purpose in life. You should all have something to do for the kingdom because whatever you do as a professional, as an IT person, as a doctor, as an engineer, whatever you do, you do it for the kingdom of God. To be a blessing. You don't work for your needs. You work to be a blessing. You work for somebody else's needs. That is why you work. But as long as we are caught up in the cycle, oh, you don't have enough. You are in lack. You need to work more. You need to strive hard more. What happens is in this culture of hustle, we get distracted from the kingdom and his purposes. And we are always, always, always working our way out. Trying to look at the next big opportunity. And I'm not saying these, are, these things are bad. You should become successful. I'm saying you should, you should grow. You should, as much as you grow spiritually, you should grow emotionally, you should grow, you know, health-wise, health you should grow, you should grow financially also because if, you, if your finances are not growing, that means you're the most selfish person sitting here. You should grow, yes, but how do you make it grow? Not by hustling, not, by, not through dishonest gains, but it is through the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Do you know money, money can be your biggest offering. God doesn't care about your money, but do you know our money is connected, our heart is connected to our money and God cares for our heart. He does not need our tithe and offering. But when we give our tithe and offering, something happens to our heart where we say, God, I don't trust in this, I trust in you. This is not, my salary is not what is paying off my bills, but it is you. You are the source of my life. So when we return our tithe, when we give offering and when we are generous, we are telling God, we are, it is worship. Do you know that? That your giving is worship? The Bible says that. You want to see? I'll show you. Deuteronomy. Are you with me? Okay. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 10. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God 
and worship before the Lord your God. God is saying, God is telling the Israelites, bring your money, bring your salary, bring your increase and worship me with that. Isn't that crazy? You can worship God through your offerings. See, God does not need your money. But somehow, this money has our heart. And when we offer this money to God, we are offering our hearts. And we are saying, this does not have any hold over my life. God, you are my source. You are my source. This is just a resource. God can multiply this anytime he wants, but I am going to be faithful in what you have blessed me. That's why God gets so angry with the Israelites. He says, hey, will you rob God? Do you think you have the audacity to rob God? Bring your full tithes into the storehouse. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring your full tithes into the storehouse. And I challenge you, I test, test me in this. In the Bible, nowhere in the Bible God has said test me. In fact, he used to get angry with his Israelites, with his people saying, do not, you dare not test me. I'm telling you, dare not test me. You dare not challenge me. He used to get angry, right? But there's one time in the Bible God says, bring your full tithes and test me. Test me. I challenge you to test me because I will open the floodgates of heaven. I'll open the windows of heaven so that you will not lack in anything that you need. You'll not lack in anything that you need. Everybody looking at the time. Okay. Do you want to know how many types of giving are there in the Bible? You want to learn? Okay, so that you're faithful. There are four types of giving in the Bible. Four types of giving. Okay, the first one is charity. The first one is charity. Do you know what charity is? When you give to the poor, right? When your heart is full of compassion and you give to, the, give to somebody, that is charity. A lot of times, we think that we are giving our offering to the Lord on Sundays. But when your heart is having compassion and you give out of pity, that becomes charity. It's not tithe, it's not offering, it's not first fruit, it becomes charity. It is a posture of the heart that defines the type of offering. It's a posture of the heart. You know, sometimes we go to a church and, you know, for example, we go to a poor church in a village and we say, man, yeah, these people need money, so let me give some money. Why did you give money? Not because you honored God, not because you're worshiping God. You gave money out of pity. Do you know sometimes you say, oh, the bulb is broken. Oh, probably my offering will fix that. God does not need your money. So whenever the posture of the heart is compassion, it's called charity. Okay? So the charity, uh, the Bible says every, every type of giving has a promise. Do you understand promise? Every type of giving has a how many of you have invested in stocks? One. Oh, wow. Four people. Five. How many of you have invested in real estate? No? Okay. You want to? Okay. Now, the thing is, whenever you invest your money in gold or stocks or real estate, there's, there's a term called ROI. What is it called? Return of investment, right? How much you're getting back in return? Otherwise, why would you invest? Your investment is nothing unless you don't know what are you getting back in return. Is that true? 
So for example, if I'm investing in stocks, I'm at least expecting 30%. At least expecting 30%. If I'm not expecting 30% in return, I, I'm not going to invest. So you need to know your ROI before you invest. Now, in the ROI in the Bible is the promise that you have, the promise from the Lord, right? For charity, the promise is as much as you give, it's like lending to the Lord. So if you give to a poor person 100 rupees, it's like you are lending to the Lord 100 rupees and God is expected to give you back that 100 rupees. So what's the ROI? How much ever you give, you get back. Is that simple enough? The second type of giving, it's called first fruit. The second type of giving is first fruit. First fruit is you had a salary of 20,000 and now your salary has increased, has become 30,000. What is the increased amount? 10,000. That 10,000 you give for the first time and it is called a first fruit offering. Why do you give that 10,000? Because you're saying, God, I believe that this increase happened because of you. And I believe that this increase will be sustained by you. So I give you my 10,000. My first 10,000. You don't do that always. The first time. The first time that increase happens. What is it called? First fruit. Right? What is the promise? What is the ROI when you give your first fruit? The ROI is God says, I will sustain your increase. It will not go down. It will only go up. Got it? Okay. The third one. The third one is tithe. Say with me, tithe. Tithe. So what is tithe? Tithe is from the income that you get, your gross income, your total income, you give 10%. How much? 10%. And why do you give 10%? Because that belongs to the Lord. Because what you're saying is, God, you and me are partners. When you are doing 90% of the job, I'm doing 10% of the job. But when the reward comes, I keep 90%, I'll return 10%. What a great deal. Isn't that a great deal? But the thing is, when we don't recognize that it is God who has blessed us and we keep the 10% even for ourselves, we are actually... We are actually limiting the God to open the floodgates of heaven. The Bible says if you bring your full tithes into the storehouse, the ROI is the return of investment, the promise is that he will open the floodgates of heaven. When heavens are open, the 90% will be blessed. See, you can do so much more with the 90% that is blessed than with the 100% that is not blessed. Isn't that true? Your 90% will be blessed. And God says, if you bring your tithes, your needs will be taken care of. Anything that you need will be taken care of. Not desires, not wants. Your needs. Get it? Your needs. Okay. So how many type, types have you learned so far? What's the first one? Charity. So why do you give? What's the posture of the heart when you give charity? Compassion. What's the ROI? Same. How much you give, you get back. Whatever you give, you lend to the Lord. What's the other second one? First fruit. First fruit is you give the first time on your increase. What's the ROI? That the Lord will sustain your increase. He will keep sustaining your increase. You don't have to worry about economic 
depression and you know the the economical situation you don't have to worry about that if you are faithful in your first fruit the lord will sustain your increase can i can i challenge you have you ever been to israel no me neither <laughs> but i've heard this but i've heard this israel is surrounded by lot of countries and there's there's this mountain even that i forgot but in over that mountain when you stand and you see israel among all the countries that are surrounded by it's all desert lands and israel is so fertile and you'll see so much greenery why it's the blessing of god you can be in a desert and still prosper you don't have to go to united states of america to prosper i can tell you that with boldness you can be in a desert and prosper because the prosperity of god is upon you it is not on your finances it is upon you you know bible says joseph was in the jail in the prison and he was prosperous crazy how can you be prosperous when you are in jail because the bible says because god was with him because god was with him so everything that he did was successful just imagine everything that you touch is successful anything oh you you did not know photography but suddenly you took up the camera and oh wow good pictures are coming anything that you touch is successful isn't that amazing what would you call that that's prosperity because the presence of god was with joseph right okay the first one was charity second one first fruit third one tithe now i told you charity you gave out of compassion first fruit you gave out of honor say with me honor honor you gave out of honor and faith because you trust the lord that the lord who has blessed me will keep blessing me so you give out of honor and faith it's not out of compassion it's not out of obligation you understand this it is not out of, out of compassion it is not out of obligation you have to understand this this is key tithe you give out of obedience what is the posture of the heart obedience what is the roi on tithe the roi on tithe is that the heaven the flood gates of heaven will be open and whatever you need will be fulfilled and you will have open connection with heaven that's roi so you will have divine ideas you will have crazy encounters you want encounters with the lord tithe oh, because it opens the flood gates of heaven the fourth one which is my favorite which i love it's called seed what is it called seed seed is given out of again just like the first fruit it is given out of honor and faith now seed is what you give to the lord in your offerings which is above the 10% that you give as tithe so you can't say oh this is my tithe let me give 5% a seed and 5% tithe it doesn't work like that anything that you give beyond 10% that becomes your seed so so for example when you come to the church and you give as offering that can be your seed now the roi on seed is do you want to know the return of investment on your seed is it can multiply 30 times 60 times and 100 times So just imagine you gave a seed of 1000 rupees it has the ability it has the potential to multiply into 30 what is 1000 into 30 30000 1000 into 60 60000 1000 into 
100 1 lakh now what i want to tell you something please understand this you have to understand this okay god does not have a bank account yeah does he have a bank account here on the earth no so when you give 1000 rupees that does not mean that you will get 30000 rupees in your bank account it does not mean that what it means is that god will give you wisdom to get 30000 he will give you divine ideas that nobody has thought of. Like, that's why Solomon says, hey, riches are in the hands of the wisdom and long life and honor are in, in, in her hands. So he will give you wisdom. He'll give you divine ideas, crazy ideas. You are just walking down the road and you had this crazy idea and like you told your boss and your boss is like, oh, let me increase your salary. What is that? Because you were faithful in your seed, you're opening yourself to divine opportunities, to divine favor of God. Got it? So, see, I, I do believe in miracles. And I do believe that, yeah, can God bless you with miracle money in your account? Yeah, I do believe that. But I don't want you to depend on it. Ask God for wisdom. Because if you have wisdom, you can keep sustaining there. See, understand this. It is a favor of God that brought Joseph out of the prison into the throne, right? He got there, he became the prime minister because of the favor. But it was the wisdom of God that sustained him there. It was the wisdom. If he, if he didn't have the wisdom of God, he will not be sustained there. He would have been fired the next day. So as much as favor is important, we are also praying for Wisdom. So when you, when you give your seed, you have access to God's favor and God's wisdom. God's favor is revealed in the favor that you have with people. Un, unusual favor. You know, people see you and people are like, I don't know why, man, Jaren, I like you. I want you to meet somebody. Unusual favor, unusual networking, unusual connections. Right? The four types of giving. Charity, first fruit, tithe, seed. Most often, most often, why we don't really increase in our life is because we have elevated charity. We don't give out of honor. We don't give out of obedience. We don't give out of faith. We give out of pity, compassion. Can I give you an example? Just imagine you came to a church and you saw a rich pastor and a poor pastor. How do you know that the pastor is rich or poor? Based on their appearance. You saw a rich pastor and a poor pastor and you know something puts in your heart. Oh man, I need to give offering, right? Whom would you give? To the rich or the poor? And I'm not saying that you should not give to the poor pastor. But what I'm saying is the posture of our heart most times is our giving is out of pity. We think that it is our money that will bless them. God does not need your money to bless them. We give out of honor. We give to the Lord. Do you know when you give to the king, you just, don't, just, you just don't go in front of the king and open your wallet and give. When you give to the king, you come prepared in your heart. You have decided, oh man, what should I give? I'm going to the king. I'm going to meet prime minister. What should I give? I should give him something that is best, right? So when you give to the king, you give the best that is according to your capacity, right? You can't go beyond your capacity. So you give the best. So for example, your best is like you 
bought like an expensive watch, right? You bought an expensive watch, a 30,000 rupees watch, and you went and you gave to the king. You went there prepared. That's what the Bible says. Whatever you have desired, whatever you have fixed in your heart, give. Don't, don't just come to church and be like, oh, offering time, yeah, what's the note that I have? Come prepared. Come with preparation because it shows honor. It shows that you are not giving for the sake of the church, for the sake of the pastor, you're giving because you honor God. As much as we sing our, you know, songs from the best of our energy and, you know, the best tunes that we can do and we sing with excellence and we play with excellence, give with preparation of your heart. You give with preparation of your heart. Because you're not just giving to somebody, you're giving to the king. So when you give to the king, you come prepared. And you know the thing is, when a king receives your gift, the king, the king is supposed to give you back something in return. How much can you give to a king? You can only give as much as your capacity. But when the king gives you, he gives you according to the riches of his glory. So when Queen Sheba went to meet King Solomon, she brought in so many gifts, right? She brought in carts of gold. Oh, for those who, of you who don't like gold, please don't get to heaven, okay? Carts of gold, right? Carts of gold. And King Solomon received it, and he multiplied it and gave it back to her. Because when you give to the king, king has to give something in return. Seed, your seed, when you give in honor and in faith, trusting God, it will multiply. It will multiply. You can invest in your real estate, you can invest in stocks and Bitcoin, and I'm telling you, it will go down sometime. It will go down, it will go up. Market is always fluctuating. Haven't you heard the star sign which says, terms and conditions applied, it's subject to market risk, and they say it so fast so that you will not hear you. In the kingdom, whatever you give is not subjected to market risk because you are investing in the kingdom where moth and rust do not, do not take away the value of what you have invested. It has a capacity to multiply 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. Amen? So should we take an offering? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you guys, it is so powerful. It's money, truly, when you give from the posture of your heart, your posture of your heart will define what you give is what type of offering. The posture of your heart can define if that is charity the posture of your heart can define if that is tithe. The posture of your heart can define if that is seed. And based on how you give, more than what you give, how you give is important. How you give. It's not the volume of money. See, when that old widow was putting two coins, Jesus said, she's so generous. Why? Because that's all that she had. She gave, gave out of poverty. Jesus could have said that, right? No, no, it's okay, it's okay. Two coins you have, that's okay. Just Take, take that. Leave. He could have said that, right? But Jesus allowed her to give. You know why? Because Jesus knows that this will become a blessing. Offering is an opportunity for you to be a blessed. It's not, it's not an opportunity for the church to be blessed. Please, can I tell you? Churches are built by Jesus. Jesus said, I will build my church. The church of Jesus does not need your money to be built. 
better churches, better equipment, excellent skillfulness, all will be done because Jesus is building the church. But you have an opportunity to give so that you can be blessed. So that you can be blessed. It's a condition of the heart. And, and I'm telling you this because the love of money, the love of money, the love of money is so dangerous. It's so dangerous. Especially when you're in lack or when you're in greed, the love of money is so dangerous because it will distract you from the kingdom. And how do you fight against this distraction? Is by giving. Seriously. How do you fight against greed? Is by giving. You say, money, you have no hold over my life. God is the source of my life. I will give you. I'll, I'll invest in the kingdom. And so Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Can I tell you something? We have elevated charity and I'm, I'm not, please, please understand. Please understand my heart. I'm not against charity. But somewhere we have elevated charity so much. You know why? You know why we... Check. Do you know why we have elevated charity so much? Because it makes us feel good that we have done something. You had compassion, you had pity, and you gave. It makes you feel good. That's why we have elevated charity. But do you know that poverty cannot be eliminated by your charity? Do you know that? How many of you, when you were driving, you saw a beggar and you gave 50 rupees? What would be his response? He'd be excited. What if you give him 100 rupees? He'll, he'll jump with joy. What if you give him 50,000? He'll die. Because even to handle money, you need to have a certain kind of capacity. Do you know how many people who win lottery, they become broke in like a month? The statistic says 80%. 80% of people who win multi-million dollar lotteries, they become broke just like that. They become worse than how they were. Why? Because it takes a certain kind of capacity to handle money. Poverty cannot be eliminated by charity. But I'll tell you how poverty can be eliminated. Poverty can be eliminated by the kingdom. Kingdom of God. Poverty can be eliminated by the gospel. You look at history and see wherever the gospel of God has been reached, their poverty has been eliminated. One of the biggest examples is South Korea. You see how South Korea was 100 years before and you see how South Korea is right now. It's prosperous because of the gospel of Jesus. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the pure, poor, what is the good news to the poor? What will be a good news to the poor, bro? When it says the sight will recover, uh, the, the blind will recover sight and the lame will start walking, but he says, I'll preach good news to the poor. What is good news to the poor? That he does not have to remain in this situation forever. The good news of Jesus is that he can change your reality. It is the gospel of Jesus that can eliminate poverty. So if you truly believe that it is the kingdom and the gospel that can eliminate poverty, I'm not saying don't do charity, but invest in the kingdom. Invest in the kingdom. Because one, one of the practical ways that poverty can be eliminated is through education and making opportunities. Not just through money. Money will not do anything. See how many people have been pumping money in Africa. But it is through education. Education. 
gospel. And gospel changes that. Amen? Amen. One more thing I want to say. For those of you, because I used to be like this, so now I can say, for those of you who think, oh, I don't expect anything when I give to the Lord. Can I tell you, the kingdom that you are in is the kingdom of rewards. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and he is a good He's a good rewarder. So if you don't like rewards, please don't go to heaven. Don't believe in Jesus. Because if you believe in Jesus, you will be rewarded. You will have rewards. Because the kingdom that we are in is the kingdom of rewards. So, it's okay if you expect your seed to bring something. It's okay. Because the kingdom is the kingdom of rewards. In fact, it is the rewards that motivates us to do what we are doing. Isn't that true? Just imagine you're going, to, you're going to office and they say, hey, we won't give you salary, just come. What is the motivation of going to work the next day? It's a salary. It is the expectation. right? What is the motivation to give more and more and more in the kingdom? What is the expectation? What is the motivation? It's the reward. If you don't see your reward, I'm telling you, you will run dry. You will not be able to give. But when you see rewards in the kingdom, my goodness. Yes, Pastor Sam was right. This works. My seed has multiplied 30 times. This works. I could not have had that favor. I could not have had that connection. But my boss is looking at me from a different level. This works. Something is working. Something is improving. My finances is improving. Look at how I was one year ago. And now where I am one year ago, oh, it is changing. When you see those rewards, that will give you the motivation to give more. Yeah? God bless you guys. Come on. Let's just pray. See, wherever you are in this journey, wherever you are in this journey, just know that God is not after your money. God is after your heart. And more than what and how much you give, what matters is how you give. So just take a moment and say, Father, we want to worship you with our wealth. We want to worship you with the increase that you have blessed us. We want to worship you with our salary. We want to worship you with the job that we have. Because we want to declare and we want to decree that this salary is not my source of income. God, you are my source of income. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God, you are my source. You are our source. We thank you. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for teaching us. Father, we pray that you will open our eyes so that we become more generous like you are. We don't become stingy. We don't hoard, but we become generous like you are. You give lavishly. May we also give lavishly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.